Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We got Harrison and Sean with us tonight. How are we doing, fellas? What's up, boys? Awesome, awesome. Been a great week of baseball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We'll get we'll get into it. But uh, first, make sure you follow and like us on Facebook. You can also subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. First of all, I want to thank everybody for their support. I mean, in the last three weeks, we've absolutely like tripled our followers. Um, we really appreciate the support. We're up to a thousand followers now on Facebook. Um, we're starting to branch out into Instagram a little bit, uh, dabble in that. So you can find us pretty much everywhere. Um, we come live uh, at 8 p.m. every Monday. And especially throughout the playoffs, we might come on a couple times, invite some guests on and just kind of have a round table and talk baseball for a few hours. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank everybody for their support. So it's been awesome. It's been, it's been a great three weeks. It's been absolutely incredible. So, all right, let's just jump into it. NLCS is about ready to, to throw their first pitch. I'm all in on the diamondbacks here, but let's start with, let's start with this Texas and Houston series. Texas takes, a two nothing series lead already. And let's just start with game one. Uh, Jordan Montgomery absolutely goes out Shove. and just shoves. <clears throat> he had every pitch working. He was outside with his sinker change up. I, I, everything was working for him. Astros had no answers. Um, and that's that. I mean, they, the Rangers pitchers pitching, which has been under fire mm-hmm. because of all the injuries came out and delivered. Astros didn't score. They were shut out. Um, you had the Evan Carter hustle double. Um, and that's a good start, Corbin Carroll. Sorry, I'm going to have yeah. like, in between. <laughs> that bat That bat is firewood, but he's standing at first base. <laughs> yep. Uh, Evan Carter started the scoring off in game one with that hustle yep. double. He hits it hard at, um, at a Brave. He gets a glove on it, and Evan Carter gets all the way to second base. And then scores on a base hit by Jonah Heim, one nothing. And then Leotis Tavares later in that game hits a solo shot, and then that's that. That's it. That was it. That was, that was the, the whole game in a, in a blink. And the Rangers bullpen, for all of the question marks going in, have like a 1.84 ERA. It's up a little bit because of what happened tonight, but even then, I'll take that. And, so, and all we talked about late August into September was, will the Rangers hang on because they can't they can't close a game out and they, they continued to not be able to close games out and they fell out of the, out of contention. And, and you looked at their, the number of blown saves, I forget Sean at one point had the number, but it was a horrifying number of, of, of games they were leading that they didn't end up winning late. They just, they couldn't hold a lead to save their lives. And now they're getting the pitching that they hadn't been getting for the last like six, seven weeks. And with that offense, nobody's going to beat them. If they continue to, to keep these guys to, to two and three runs a game, they're going to outscore them every night. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing with Texas is, is they don't need, they don't need to have a team ERA of like one and a half. No. Like you just need, you need it to be good enough. And I, I, it's gotta be so comforting to be like in the bullpen. And I'm not saying it's not stressful by no means, because it's an incredibly stressful job. Bullpen in the postseason has got to be, I wouldn't want to do it. That's an awful job. Um, But it's got to be so much more comforting to know, like, okay, like, I come in and do all right, 
like I give up one or like I inherit a runner and he scores on it. Like, like I, my guys have my back rather than like every run you give up is just back breaking. That's the end of the game, end of the series. Like it's gotta be so much more comforting. And another thing and I will, I will make sure that I never, I won't be able to, it's no such thing as overstating it. I should say having Bruce Bochy on the bench has got to be the most calming, comforting yeah. thing for the Texas Rangers. And they, yeah. they have to have confidence in every move that he makes. Yep. And whether like whether they're sitting there going, oh, you're going to Leclerc in the eighth inning, like he did tonight, you know, it's he didn't want to roll this Chapman to have to face Jose Abreu, so he goes in and he brings in Leclerc with two outs in the eighth. So it's like, all right, well, it's going to be a four out save for Leclerc. Typically, mm-hmm. I'd say, oh, for a bullpen that struggled and had so many blown saves, I don't know if that's the right move. But Bruce Bochy does it in the playoffs. I'm all on board, and it worked out. Yep. You know, for sure. I mean. It's just, there's just so something so comforting and calming about having a guy like him making those decisions. Yeah. His track record doesn't lie. I mean, look at, we, we've talked about this before. Like Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy might be the only two managers left in baseball that get the earful of mm-hmm. analytics. But at the same time, they have a feel for what's happening on the field with their team. Like Astros hating aside. Dusty Baker has the pulse of his team. Oh, sure. <clears throat> you know, and so does Bruce Bochy, as it, it's showing right now. I mean, Texas right now, they don't have a ton of playoff experience aside of, you know, Corey Seager, you know, having that stretch in 2020 when he just absolutely tore it up. Right. Um, and, I mean, there's a couple other guys that have dabbled in the playoffs, but nothing like the Astros' playoff experience no and, and i mean talk about a guy that has postseason experience or just chapman and it's not very good <laughs> excuse no. me at least with the i mean he had that good year with the cubs when they ended up winning the world series right but um yeah you know his I'm, postseason experience with the yankees against houston in houston it's pretty horrific i'm just waiting so, for altuve to take him deep again i right, dude yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll get to chat we'll get to chapman in a minute he'll come up right here in the game too but um yeah i mean the way that their starters, which was a big question mark. I mean, think about it. Scherzer's on the DL. Uh, John Gray was on the IL. Avaldi was hurt for some time. DeGrom's, I don't even think, on the Rangers anymore. Um, you know, like, that was a huge question mark. And you just had both of your starters go six-plus in games one and two. And Jordan Montgomery has been untouchable the entire playoff so far. He's been, like, Kurt Schilling-esque. Well, he's that been- dude's going to get paid. He's, he's been good. He sure season. is. He's been good. I heard him, I think it was after game one. It must have been after game one. Um, when he was talking about coming to the Rangers oh. in the, with the trade and essentially like what his mindset has been. And he's like, they just, they told me to just throw the heater more. Like he doesn't have 99, 100, right? Like that's not what he throws. <laughs> but everything that he has, like every good pitcher, right? It works off of the fastball. And when he throws the fastball consistently enough, like for strikes, which he's been doing all postseason, and even the back half of the year when the injuries are so bad, like he really was the one that stepped up and would stop the bleeding and kept them kind of from fully collapsing, you know, out of yep. the out of the race altogether. Yep. Um, you know, and pretty much since then, it's just been like everything's been working off the fastball. And when he gets in trouble, when he needs a strike, he doesn't just throw it over the middle. He'll dot it somewhere. But it's like, okay, like yep. he has that down he has the ability to do that and you know he just said that when the the rangers went and got him and the rangers said we love the stuff you have we love your heater like trust it like it got you here trust it you know and and he he's pitching with so much confidence 
so much confidence. Yeah. And, it, you know, comment here from Brian about, you know, Barry Chapman in the back of the pen. I think everybody kind of feels that way given the September that he had. But I, I do think that the the value in Chapman is the fact that he's been there before many times. He's got experience. Does he always execute? No, but he's been there before. Um, so I think if you use him correctly, he can be a weapon for you. But if you're just going to run him out there in high leverage situations late in games, he's shown that he's not that guy anymore. But it's also, yeah, and it, it's also, you know, the, the team you're facing against too. I mean, like Chapman is not what Chapman once was, but he's right. still a guy that gets a lot of swings and misses. And he's a guy that, you know, when he, when he's on, he gets a lot of K's. Yep. And if you're going up against a team that, does strike out a bit and you need your case. I mean, like he's kind of a guy that's nice to have. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's comfortable. I'm not saying it's comfortable. No. And as a Rangers, as an honorary Rangers fan this year, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and say, I don't tighten up a little bit when he's on the mound, but he's a good guy to have, you know, it's yeah. nice to be able to have that option to go, you know what? We need two K's out of the next three batters. Like we have them. We got to use yeah. them. Yeah. It just, he's you the know? guy, he's the kind of guy you just got to be careful. You got to use him in the right spots, but he, right. he is a weapon. But you can't just run him out there in a in a jam, thinking he's going to go out there and blow people away. It's just you got to right. you got to pick your spots, and that's where Bochi's good. He won't just run him out there. He's he's got to come in in a clean inning. He can't come in with runners on. That that's just how it I, is. We used to know a guy like that, Nick. That's we know a few guys. Then he went like to that. L.A. and became lights out. Yeah, we're, Even we're not going to mention any names. Then he went to yeah. L.A. and he didn't allow an inherited runner for like eighteen outings or some shit. It's crazy. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of that that talk on my podcast. So, moving on, <laughs> game two. That was his podcast, Sean, because we pissed him off. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast. Sorry, I don't. I don't bring that name up anymore, Ryan Brazier. Okay, game two, um, today, four thirty. Rangers come out and put four up on the board right away. I mean, just smacked Framber Valdez right in the mouth. Um, so so much, in fact, he went and changed his cleats in the second inning because yeah. he's like, well, these cleats aren't working. <clears throat> so he changes his cleats, comes out. Um, Astros scrape across a run. Then it's like four to one. Jonah Heim gets up, hits a solo shot. Um, then the Astros start chipping away. Jordan Alvarez with another playoff home run. And then Brantley hits an RBI double. It's like 5-3. Then we get to the bottom of the eighth. Chapman comes in. Gets the first two guys out. Now he's facing Alvarez, or one out, I think it was. No two. Facing Alvarez. Oh, no, it was, was, lead it was off. one. It was it a leadoff. Yeah. Either way, hangs a slider. Jordan Alvarez, again, turns it around. Solo shot. Now, if they're, if you are going to pitch to this guy, they're pitching to him in the right situations. There's nobody on base. He goes deep. A solo shot's not hurting you. It's not killing you. You have a two-run lead. Fine. He goes deep. It's now 5-4. Um, Chapman gets the next guy out and then leaves for that four out save, uh, for Leclerc. But, um, again, the big, big moment for me in this game was Avaldi in the fifth inning, I believe it was bases loaded. Um, and he gets out of it two K's and then a ground out to short to end the inning. And that's that Astros don't score that that's a backbreaker for the Astros right there. Um, and to their credit, they didn't go away, but Rangers held on and win 5-4. Now they go back to Arlington with a 2-0 series lead. Okay, so, so can I can I have a quick uh, a quick comment on the second Alvarez home run? Sure. I don't think that's as much on Chapman 
is we want to put it on Chapman just because it's been typical Chapman to give up big home runs in the postseason. Dude, two outs in the eighth, it was a first-pitch slider away at the knees. Like, who looks for that? And then yeah. who hooks it? Or Like, there's mm-hmm. only, like, two hitters in the world that can hit that out. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez and Nick Arno. Yeah. Two. That's like, it. who's looking for that first-pitch slider down and away? Yeah, well, it wasn't a bad pitch. It was not a bad no. pitch. So it's like, yeah, it just sucks that it's Chapman because it's like that just all classic <laughs> Chapman giving up a big home run late in the games. But it's like, who looks for that? Who's looking for a first pitch slider down the way to hook it right field? But it, it right. just shows you that, like, that's what makes Alvarez so good. He will ambush you on the first pitch, but then not next time. Like you never know what he's going to do. He is so selective, but if he thinks he can hit it, by God, he's going to hit it. And, uh, that's that's what amazed me with him. Is he just he so he will good. absolutely ambush you, and I thought it was it, it was. I think the, for me the moment the moment for the Rangers was that hot start because you had Verlander last night who pitched well, and came yeah. after the game and said, "Hey, look, we just got punched in the face. How are we going to respond?" And Texas goes here, pull my beer, and puts four up yeah. on him right out of the gate. So like, any momentum they are trying to build in that clubhouse, Texas just absolutely. Oh my God, gosh, Warber! Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean it was it was sure it was important for, it was important for Texas to come out and start the way that they started, right? Like you already won, you already stole home field in a sense, right? Because you won game one, so you already yeah. took at least one from Houston. But to come out and realize, like, hey, we're not satisfied with just taking one here. Like you sent the message, like, hey, like we're here, we're here to win this whole goddamn thing. Like we're not we're not happy going one one and one, then going back home and maybe you know winning a couple. No, no, no. Like we're here to tell you that this is our division. Yep. We're here to tell you that we're players in the American League, and like that's you know it was aided by the Framber error. I mean that's a horrible yeah. error that you just can't have. That was really bad. And that turns out to be, I mean that's the difference in the game right there. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, yeah. you can't have that and and expect to win. Um, but I just I think just wonderful job. And in in Texas has shares are going for Game Three. Yep. So, I was going to mention that. Yep. I mean, you have an opportunity well, to to really step on their throats here. Yeah. I mean, Texas sucked the life out of them right out of the, right out of the jump. And then, so now Texas goes home up two Oh, with Scherzer on the mound in game three. I mean, I, we've said all along, this Rangers team can't with anybody. If they can get some pitching, they'll be okay. They've gotten exceptional pitching in the playoffs. And with that offense, they are going to be incredibly hard to beat. If they continue to pitch like this, that was, that was their Achilles heel. Yep. Absolutely insane. So the Rangers are now seven and zero in postseason games. They have not lost a postseason game yet. Um, but yeah, that oh, offense boy. is crazy. Jeez, man. Who's up? Not just a go, good start for my D backs. You just go back to back Yankees. Schwarber went yard, and then uh, no Turner lined up. Turner lined out. Right, Bryce went yard. Oh, I'm so far behind. All right. Wow. Well, <laughs> All right. So five nothing in the fifth, Sean. Dude, that Bryce Harper ball was smoked. No, they're both bombs. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have an idea. I think I have a new game plan. Let's not hang those pitches to those lefty hitters. That's a good I mean, idea. both of those yeah. were like very fuckable. Middle, middle. Yeah, yeah, those were very fuckable pitches. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump into this series preview. Um, what do you guys got? I know what my heart says, but my mind says something different. Yeah, my brain says Philadelphia, right? I mean, yeah. Philadelphia, they're getting hot at the right time. 
Um, you know, ever since they, you know, the whole standing ovation for Trey Turner, we've covered it. I mean, it's just been a completely different team. Yep. He's been a completely different player, and, and by that sense, so is the whole team. Bryce Harper's getting hot at the wrong time if you're a Diamondbacks fan. Yeah. Uh, we obviously just saw that there. Yep. I just think it's it's an extremely uphill battle. But you know what? So was L.A. Hmm? Right? They weren't yeah. supposed to beat the, Do- the Dodgers either. So mm. who am I to count them out? But uh, if I had to pick, I'd certainly pick Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I so badly after want to see watching. I'm with I'm with. Go ahead, I, I so badly want to see the D backs win, but Philly right now is. I'm not sure there's anybody that could beat them. They are hot at the right time. They're getting the pitching's come around again, again. Another team that could hit, they can hit like crazy. Could not get consistent pitching. They've started to get it at the right time. Yeah, and this, I hate that the Phillies are built for the post. They are. Like all of them are built for the postseason. That's a strike, sir. Um, but I, I just don't see the Diamondbacks getting by them right now. I mean, Philly's just way too hot. Like all everybody, Castellanos four home runs last series in the division series. Um, Turner had a couple. Harper had a few. Like it's just everybody's mashing. Um, and like you said, it comes down to the pitching. Nola's giving them good starts. Wheeler's out there Great. dealing. Ranger Suarez went out there and dealt during the division series. Ranger Suarez only pitches uh, well in the playoffs, I think. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, their bullpen's good, too. You got Jose Alvarado coming out. You got Kimbrell locking it down at the end. Yeah. Strom. I just – Strom. <laughs> yeah, I, I just Someone don't – the Diamondbacks aren't as deep as the Phillies. No. Can the Diamondbacks hit? Yeah, we've seen it. They can, they can mash. They can get up there. But they're pitching – is still young. They haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. None of them have playoff experience. Um, they have a couple of veterans, but that's it. You know, there's nobody with posting experience. They're playing with house money at this point. Um, doesn't. Okay. Doesn't mean I'm not going to root like hell for them. But the same thing but, off the bat, Nick. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm pulling for them hard. Every pitch I'm leaning on, but. I think it. I think it ends up being Philly. And, and this end. Philly team has just—they've gelled so well. Bryce Harper is—he's a Philly guy. Like he just fits in so well there. Schwarber does what he does. You know, Harper is kind of the leader of the band there, and they're solid all the way up and down. You got Castellanos hitting seventh. Guys getting almost four hundred in the playoffs and with four bombs. There's there's not really any holes in that lineup. No, not. And they've got moment. great playoff experience. They made the big run last year. It's largely the same. It's a lot of the same cast of characters, and they're still feeling last year. They're here for revenge. This this yeah. them's more of a revenge tour than anything. Yeah, and you'd wonder if it was going to go one way or the other with Philly, right? You knew it was either going to be this, where it was just like they picking up where they left off from last year in the postseason, or wow, the pressure's really got to them. They feel like mm. they should go back, and you know, but it doesn't matter. Even when like a bounce doesn't go their way or a call doesn't go their way or, you know, they have a tough, like they're just so mentally tough. They're yep. so mentally resilient. Like bad inning doesn't matter. Yep. Doesn't bad call against matter. us doesn't matter. Like it just, it doesn't matter. Oh, Bryce Harper ran into the third out of the game when you're the tying run. Doesn't matter. We'll come back the next night and shove. Won't matter. Yeah. Hit seven you know, home like, runs the next crumble. night. They don't crumble. Yeah. It's, it's just, they don't. They're just such a, a fiercely difficult team to play against because yep. of that. Yep. I'm and it is, there's, this, there's this us against the world mentality. And it's, they just, nothing nothing bothers them, nothing shakes them. They just keep coming at you. And they're relentless. And they are the energy and the, the swagger like that. 
this is a team that has that will accept nothing but a championship this run. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, and Philly is a tough, tough place to play. It is. I mean, oh, those yeah. fans are insane. Did you hear the fans man. with Strider in the bullpen? Did you see that video? No, no, I didn't so see that. Strider was out there getting there. They were they were chanting for Strider as he got out to the bullpen. And then they're screaming. They were screaming stuff about um about his mom. You know, they're asking, "How's I forget what her name was? How's so and so? How's so and so?" And like they just they were they were this whole group was around the bullpen, shitting on him, his mother, the I mean everything, everything. Like, gotta love it was brutal. Gotta love the Philly assholes, man. They're oh, just it's brutal. And scumbags. Strider, no, Strider I'm... didn't pick his head up once. But my God, can you imagine warming up with these guys? You know, just you got probably a hundred people packed around the railing of that bullpen as many as, and just screaming at you the whole time you're warming couldn't up. Couldn't be me, dude. I'm a mental I can't. It couldn't be me. I can't even imagine when a seven-year-old says a your mama <laughs> joke, I'm ready to punch him in the face. Like, but I mean, yeah, it's crazy. And then the Braves chop, I think we mentioned it last week or during <laughs> right. when we were on, like the fans were doing the brave chop in the middle of like the fifth or the sixth after they went deep for like the sixth time. It's just, it's a different, different place to play. I, I can't even imagine what they, that feels they like, are but. the worst fans in the world unless you're on their team <laughs> oh, yeah. the same people yeah. that threw batteries at players snowballs at at, at santa claus like this okay is okay tough... the batteries were warranted they were at john rock i mean or it might have been the yes, Mets. That it, it was i don't know either it, way but... every these 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 fans have done everything yeah well i mean the braves are no Braves fans are no better they're throwing stuff on the field too yeah. so i mean but yeah philly's electric place to play Brutal. i can't even imagine that but well, D-backs are in a two-nothing hole early. They have the offense to get to get back they into do. this game. Um, you know, we just Wheeler's Wheeler. Wheeler's been good, so they've got their work yeah. cut out for him. But Schwarber couldn't have squared that ball up anymore. That bat didn't even shake when he hit it. Nope. crazy two bombs. All right, so we'll move off from the series and we'll kind of follow this game, obviously, as it's going. Um, still, a lot of noise about the playoff format. I know it might be like kicking a dead horse at this point. Noise from whom, um, Nick? Like from other players or from like fans just? Or? I think all around, honestly. I, I haven't really heard much from the players' aspect, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because Snicker did come out and say, "Hey, the Astros did it, and they moved on, so we have no excuse." Well, so, yeah. I mean, I think that was I mean, going to be more what I was going to say, but go ahead. I'm just, I'm just thinking, like you know, we've thrown it around like the last week or so, like. If do they go back to the one game wild card and 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 you know shorten that window of time off, or what do they do? Add two more teams so everybody plays in the first round. Like what what would be the easiest fix and or the most beneficial fix? I don't know. I, I hope they don't do one game playoff. I I just I think that flies in the face of everything that baseball is. It's it's a game of a series and. To battle for 162 games, I mean, I, again, I, so I've said my piece toss. on it, but but you know, to battle for 162 games and then you don't even have a chance to play a series, which is how you set your team up to win series, like that's well, how you, you design teams. I just think that's crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think they have to fix this, like where it is now, because I think it's proven. Did the Astros do it? Yes. The Patriots went undefeated once. That doesn't mean everyone should go undefeated every year. Like that's just because someone did it one time. It doesn't mean it's the ideal scenario. You know, I, I don't, 
I think this is bad for baseball. Upsets are good. Upsets are good. I like right. upsets. We I love some chaos. I'm an I am a I am a fan of chaos. I've said that on the show before. I'm a fan of chaos. But I do think it's you're putting yourself as a sport at a disadvantage yep. when you're going year after year with your best teams getting bounced consistently. If it happens once every now and again, like that's what we're here for. That's why we tune in to watch. But like you shouldn't constantly be having wildcard teams in the in the World Series. Right. Like the World Series this year should have the Braves. They were by far the best team in baseball. Yeah. And I, I love agree. the fact that there's an opportunity for the Diamondbacks to be there. But the Diamondbacks got to ride a hot hand right into the playoffs. The Braves won a hundred something games and had to sit on their asses for five days. So I think that that's the thing, right? Like seven of the eight of the last 100 win teams haven't made the championship series, right. the championship series, not even, not even talking the world series. Right. They haven't even gotten to their league championship series, seven out of eight. That's like you said, Sean, I think that's the issue. Another, another bat for the lumber on a fastball. Like it, Jesus. it's like he's throwing like some nasty cutters on a fastball. And he's just sawing them off. Dang, this one didn't even die a hero either. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't, again, like, I don't know what that fix is. Personally, I wouldn't mind seeing eight, eight teams from each team get in. I mean, why not? Yeah, I think you do. I think you do. Eight, <clears throat> and then I think you do eight teams. I think the, the home teams, you get, you get one day off the home teams obviously get to host. So it's a travel day for the road teams, which means the better seeds all get a day off. Well, the other teams travel to them and you play. I mean, these, these yeah. guys don't want two, three, four, five, six days off. They want to just keep going because no. they they yep. they've got a routine. They've got momentum. They just want to keep playing. You do it all year. You just roll to the next city. So give these guys a travel day and fire it up again. Yeah. If anybody that's watching has an idea that you'd like to toss in, go ahead, throw it in the comments, and, and you know we'll talk about it. What's, but what's disappointing in this whole thing too is that you've got some. You've got <clears throat> so far what's what's been a really good playoffs. You've had re- you've had a lot of close games. You have a lot of upsets. Like it's been good, but all people are talking about is the format, the format, the format, the format. Well, like, but that's also because, but that's also because people just love to bitch, moan, and complain about stuff. Agreed, agreed. But like yeah. it, for baseball, that's a problem when the fan base sure. is no, focused is is like, oh, it's the format, it's the format. Like you're taking away from the game. Just fix the format. Just yeah, I, I agree, and I think they will. And I think, and this is where I, I think it's it's we 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 shouldn't be too hard on Major League Baseball because. This is something they've tried, right? We were on them, about, you know, for years we've been on them about how they're behind the times. It's like, well, all right, so we're trying something. Yep. We're in what? This is what year two of this or year three of this? Yeah, it's two or three. Two or three of having the like lockout, this, right? So, yeah. So, you know, they're trying something. Mm-hmm. I think I don't, the people that run, we needed that goal. People that run Major League Baseball are not dumb. Right. So I, no. I think they'll understand and they'll take feedback and they'll look at, but here's another problem. And I'm just keep cutting myself off. Here's another problem. I can almost guarantee you that viewership of the postseason is up. So people that run baseball are going to go, the hell do I give a shit? People are watching. Right. Well, flip, yeah. flip side is We're you've gonna, lost, you've lost LA. You've got no, I mean, you've true. lost all your big markets have been, have fallen true. out. So we'll see how that we'll see how it impacts maybe the, the later rounds. You're right. But all they care about is who who's watching. Right. Right. Yeah. So I mean if people yeah. continue to watch because we're seeing more upsets, that might be what they want. 
See, that's why I'm saying like you add four more teams, get four more fan yeah, no, bases into the playoffs. I agree. You know, that first round can be a three game series like it was this year. You know, no one's having the extended time off. It's everybody plays in the first round. Best team comes out. That That's it. You know, you. So, yeah, more than 50 percent of your teams make the playoffs. But I mean, you're still going to have upsets in a three game series with eight teams in there. Like you're still going to get it, but I think you, your better teams are going to win out. That's well, how yeah, I would I fix it personally. I agree. So, yeah, I, I don't want the one game wild card for yeah. everything you guys said. It, it's a coin flip, right? It's an absolute coin flip. Baseball, you know, you could have a pitcher go out there, throw a perfect game, and then the next game he goes up and gives up 20 in two innings. That's baseball. That's how it works. Yep. Three well, game I mean, series. It's Eight just, teams each league move on. I mean, okay. how many times do we see a series start off, whether it's regular season, postseason, whatever? A team wins game one, and then they lose the next two or three, and they lose right. the series. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah, it does. Right. Like, one game is the start of a series. It's not the whole. So yeah. I, I just – I'm I'm very steadfast against yeah. it. And the, and the one game for me always stinks because you got the one team that, like, clinched and rested, and they lined up the rotation. The other team that, like, played right to the final pitch of the season to get in – and they're running it's it's like a bullpen game in the one game playoff and you're like what the hell like right. didn't even give them a right. shot and then god forbid yeah. they win it and now they play 2 days later with their fourth starter going up against the number 1 it's like the whole thing is just you're just yeah. and again you know being a higher seed team you should have an advantage mm-hmm. which is why right. like you know i think that there should be reseeding i think we talked about it last week i'm a big fan of reseeding one plays eight if seven somehow beats two then you get seven. You don't get the winner of yep. three, four. You get the you get no. the lowest remaining seed, and and it stays yep. that way as long as the highest seed always gets the lowest remaining seed. Like it should be. You that yep. should be your reward. It shouldn't be a yep. week Great. off. That's no reward. No. Like your reward should be the easiest potential path to the championship. Yep. You know we see other I, sports I see... do it. It's not crazy. No, and I think. For now, I mean the eight the eight team format on each side would be perfect because of all the talk of expansion. Um, Raleigh has entered the chat officially. Um, the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes is pushing hard to get a group together to get an MLB franchise in Raleigh. So that would be huge. We know pretty much that the Nashville Stars are almost a done deal. I know that group's been pushing hard for that. It seems like that oh, is going boy. to be. My Castellanos goodness. again. Uh, this is getting ugly. This dude hits nothing but homers. I I think we My should goodness. amend as a podcast. We should amend what we said earlier when we said solo home runs aren't going to kill you. Multiple solo home runs will kill you. Yeah, when you, I think the <laughs> yeah. idea is if you give up like one here or there, like that's not the end <laughs> If you give up three yeah. solo homers, you're yeah. probably going to yeah. lose. Or when you give up so four just, in an inning to the D-backs or like yeah, those. So they just start to pile on up. record. Just yeah, just a, on record. yeah, a solo home run won't hurt you. Correct. Several will. A solo home run. <laughs> just to clarify. Well, all right. Well, and that was that was beautiful. Oh, good thing this is a seven game. Thigh high out. Dude, right. took it there, buddy. All three of these that have been hit out have been middle middle. Like you can't miss there against this team. If you're gonna miss miss somewhere else, it can't be there. Nope, absolutely not. Dang. And Harper homered on his birthday. Forgot today was his birthday. Yep. Great. Good cool. Lord. Yeah. So 
Um, like I said, what was I saying? Oh, expansion, Nashville Stars. It, it sounds like they're they're in. I haven't heard any reports lately about it, but it seems like they're the furthest along to get the new franchise. And then you have a few cities that are bidding for that that second one. Because you're going to want two teams to enter at the same time so the leagues are even. Give me um, Montreal. So we'll see what happens. Well, and I like the idea, I want too. Montreal to get a team so bad. I know. Bad so, back so bad. Jesus, Sean, figure it out. <laughs> Send somebody back up there. But I do like the idea. If you're going to add this round of the playoffs that you've already added, make it a full round. Bring more teams in the yeah. playoffs. Open up another wild card spot. <laughs> let, let there be more teams. You know, the only thing that does, it takes away from the trade deadline if that many more teams are in the running. But who cares? It just it gives sure. more fan bases a reason to tune in in, in August and September well, when some of them are tuning out. It it might and it might not. I don't know how much it would impact. I mean, it would certainly impact. I shouldn't say I don't know how much. But, you know, the the original, at least if I can read your mind, I think the original thought is, well, more teams are going to be in it, so they're going to be more hesitant to make moves yep. when they would be out. But that's more teams that are in it to make moves. True. Right. Those are more teams to say, hey, we still have a shot. Like, let me go get that bullpen arm or let me, you know, let me go get that base stealer or something well, like think, depending. And I, we talked about this, too, at the All-Star break. The the trade deadline isn't what it used to be with these long contracts and no trade clauses and all this other stuff. Players just don't move like they used to. Like right. there aren't the big blockbuster trade to the all-star break or at the trade deadline yeah. like there used to be. There just aren't. We don't see those anymore. And the only the only blockbuster deals you see in the offseason are when a player has that big trade big contract and he just doesn't want to freaking play where he is anymore. So he decides to waive it to go to Philadelphia or wherever. Right. You know, I mean that those are the only ones you see nowadays. Yeah, we're just we're not so, we're not seeing those kind of trades. Like there's you know, you're not getting you're not getting a rod in the offseason, you know, Kurt Schilling, you know those trades just don't right. happen anymore. So here, if we added those two extra teams on each side, this is what the playoff picture in the first round would have looked like. You would have added Seattle and New York, the Yankees. Oh God! In the in the first round, and then you would have added the Cubs and the Reds. That would have been so that would have been cool. The Cubs and Reds in the playoffs. Like, how awesome would that have been? So, I mean, I mean, the, yeah. the only risk you run, you go to eight teams on each side, you begin to water the playoffs down. You know, you're going to get teams that are in there that are just over 500, like the Yankees would have been. But again, if the Yankees get hot for two or three weeks, so be it. Let them right. dance. Yeah, I, I have a. It's true. I have a harder time with the whole like watering down. Like these are all professional athletes playing professional sports. Like these guys are all warranted to be playing at that level. Like it's one thing, like we talk about like, you know, like college tournaments, right? Like you think about like the March Madness tournament. Yeah. There's some teams just like, what are we doing? Like Princeton, like I'm glad they won the Ivy league, but like Princeton doesn't belong there. Now granted, you know, they'll pull off an upset here and there. Yeah. Eastern Mississippi agricultural and technical. You know, you know, exactly. <laughs> but like, even a team like the Yankees was a great example because I'll tell you, as flawed as that lineup is, if they get hot at the right time, they could beat anybody because for, they just they just yeah. mash the shit out of you for three games. For two weeks, they could have pounded on a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, so, first of all, they got to pay bail for half their pitching staff, but <laughs> you know, like that's a different story. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think it would make for more eyeballs on the screen in the playoffs. More fan bases make it. You have teams that wouldn't have, you know, haven't been there for a while or consistently, the Cubs and the Reds in the playoffs. You know, I mean, Seattle was there until the last day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's tough there, but they would have been in. Um, I, I don't, I don't know the answer. 
I pretend like I do. Yeah, but if, I, I like the eight teams on each you side. You add it around to the playoffs, place. make it a full round, let these guys keep playing. And the one seed's advantage is their home team, they host, and then you reseed, they get the lowest remaining seed, and that you just keep going. Like that that's how you do it, because these guys don't want the time off. And I, I bring up the example last year in the NHL. Like I know this is a baseball podcast, but the Florida Panthers were the eight seed going in. And they ran through the Eastern Conference and got to the the Stanley. The Cup. Bruins were what the best hockey team in NHL history, and they dispatched them in the first round. Yeah, and then they went through the the Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> which wasn't a slouch no, either. They took everybody I out. Mean, yeah, they did, and I think they went through Tampa too, right? I think they hit Tampa, Boston, yeah. and then Carolina. Well, no, Boston was first. Um, it might have been Tampa because I think Tampa beat Toronto in the first round. Then I think. Yeah. Tampa, then I think it might have been. I'll have to look it up, but I think that's what it yeah. turned out to be. But either way, it was an eight seed that went all the way to the Stanley Cup. It's going to happen. And they took down juggernauts on the way. Yep. Absolutely. So, again, I don't know what the fix is. I would like to see eight teams, especially if they are going to add other teams here in the, the not-too-distant future. You know, get a playoff format that works, and then when those two new teams come in, then we got oh. some oh, foul. foul. So, yeah, it was. I love his swing. All right. I have a few trivia questions here um, to ask you guys, and then obviously we're going to break them up and put them on our reels so we can answer them on there. So you kind of get a head start because we say the answers on our podcast, but not in our reels. So here we go. First question I have for you guys. Who was the first player to get America free tacos from Taco Bell in the Steel a Base Steel a Taco campaign in the World Series. Oh, God. what year did it start? It was 2007. Yeah, it was, uh, was it Pedroia? Ellsbury? Nope. It was. It was Tacoby Bellsbury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jacoby Ellsbury was the first one. <laughs> nice. Uh, yep. The free, who, I forgot uh, about who, the free taco thing. Yep. Okay. So the follow-up question, who got America free tacos in last year's World Series? I know that one. Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, it was. It was Schwarber with the stolen base. <laughs> you love know it. how I know that? I love the fact you know it, like, immediately. I knew, I knew because I remember watching it, and then I remember as, the, like, the announcer, like, and he's going, like, blah, blah, blah. I remember my first thought was, like, it would be hilarious if the fat guy Schwarber got American tacos. Like, I remember, like, that was my It's because he wanted the taco there. himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely amazing. That's awesome. So, <laughs> all right. Here's my second one. Can you name the three relief pitchers who had the lowest ERA from 2010 to 2019 while throwing at least 400 innings? Jesus. That is a baseball question. There's wow. so many different things. So lowest ERA basically pitchers. for the decade. For relief pitchers oh, to relievers. throw at least 400, 400 innings. Let's see. 2010 to 2019. Well They're all closers. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Edwin Diaz? Nope. Uh, K-Rod? Nope. Papelbon? Nope. Kimbrell? Kimbrell, oh, yes, is Kimbrel one. one. Okay. We talked about this guy earlier. Jansen. Oh, Araldis. Yes, Araldis Chapman and Kenley Jansen. Nice job. Yeah. 
Kenley Jansen. So those so are one more. Uh, no, that was it. He got it. Kenley Jansen, Aroldis oh. Chapman, and Craig Kimbrell are your three. So yeah, nice. Chat, chat, uh, when chat at, at his peak, Chapman was pretty much unhittable. Unless He's you were Raffy, that, exactly. that home run Raffy hit off of him. Yeah, in the top Oppo. of the ninth, Oppo. It was one oh one. And it was at like his shoulders. Yeah. I don't know. How do you turn around 101 at your shoulders? Know. He was 19 years he old. Hacked it. And he put it oppo gap. I mean, it was probably one of the most fascinating home runs I've ever seen. Yep. I, I would be with you there. Um, this one I think is a little bit easier. I think you guys will get it right away. What pitcher was the first pitcher to win a Cy Young Award while primarily using a knuckleball? Necro? Nope. R.A. Dickey. Oh, right. R.A. Dickey, yeah. Yep. And then the last one I have, who was the first player to win an MVP award while being on a last place team? Trout. He hit 49 home runs and drove in 137 runs. Not Trout? Not Trout. Sooner than that. Oh. Sooner being more recent? Like like before that. (laughs) Before Trout. A-Rod. Older than that. Oh, geez. Um, so what was it? He won an MVP while playing for the last place team? Place team. I'll give you the year. 1987. McGuire? Nope. No, they were good back then. National League. Is a Hall of Famer. Barry Larkin. Nope. <laughs> right division. Oh. This is a toughie. This is a toughie. So NL Central. NL Central, 1987, last place team. And is a Hall of Famer. And hit 49 home runs and drove in 101. 137. Oh, 137. Holy shit. Holy shnike. moly. I, th- I thought he said 101. I was like, that's pretty good numbers. Yeah. 137 is crazy. His nickname is the Hawk. Oh, Dawson? Oh, Andre Dawson. Yeah, yeah. Andre Dawson. With the yeah. Cubs? The Cubs were in last place that year? In 1987, yep. 49 homers, 137 runs, and they finished last. They were 76 oh. and 85. Andre Dawson was awesome. Yep. Absolutely nuts. So that's the trivia I had for this week. That's a good so. one. Yeah, those are good. All right. We'll come to the rounding third question. I did not put this out. But we can bring this up now. When do teams stop pitching to Jordan Alvarez in the postseason? When does he start getting the Barry Bonds treatment, if at all? I know today he went deep twice, but there were no runners on. Obviously, you're gonna you're gonna flip a coin and pitch to him there. Um, but what are your feelings on it? I mean, this guy just continues to tear it up. What yeah. is it? His sixth home run this postseason already? Yeah, got, yeah six. I, I mean, I stop it. Just stop. Yeah. And and he he had two today, although he was sick. <laughs> yeah, the, the flu hey, game. This was his flu game. Well, I'll tell you, it's not going to be it's not going to be the Rangers because you know, as we've said it earlier in the hour, Bruce Bochy, those guys like Analytics are there, but they don't run their team. Bruce Bucci, Bruce Bochy is not going to run his team because the analytics tell him to walk Jordan Alvarez. Right. Yeah. You know, and if he has the if he has the opportunity, sorry guys, I'm getting over a cold here. It's killing me. Um, if he has the opportunity to send a message to his pitcher, 
send a message to his team, like, all right, we're going after this. We're going to be aggressive. We're not afraid of these guys. So what? He might take us deep. So what? He'll make it 5-3? Ooh. Like, all right, fine. But we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go after them. We're not afraid of them. Right? Like, all of those things are are emotions that you emanate to your team based on the decisions you make. And I can tell you this much. If you start walking guys in the second inning because they've hit a whole lot of home runs, you're going to send the wrong message to that team. And so I tell you, it won't be Texas. I don't know who's going to be the first team. I don't know if it's going to be this year, next year, whatever. But it won't be in this series. I can tell you that much. Yeah. If if he's the tying runner worse, he doesn't, yes, he doesn't get pitch hit. Absolutely. Correct. Like, I'm rewatching that, that slider he hit off Chapman. That was an 89-mile-per-hour slider below the knees on the black. Like First pitch. That is a nasty pitch. Who nasty looks for pitch. that in the first pitch? And he absolutely just turns on it. Who looks for that? I'm like, I'm mad about it. Like, who like, looks for that that's on the, the first pitch? That is that is like the pitch you want to throw him on the first pitch, and he still hit it out. <laughs> Even the, that pitch by Uvalde, he got like up and in, like above the letters, and he was still able to get the barrel up in on it. Like, yeah, I that wasn't poorly executed pitch. I mean, he no, could have gone a little higher with it, or in, but more. still could turn on it. right or, or in, in more. more. Right. I think with the Evaldi pitch, though, I think the danger of that is. If you were, to, if you even if you try to get, there's no such thing as too elevated for him because of his his hands are so quick and he's so quick to the ball. Yeah. If you make a mistake up, he's gonna make you pay, and I think that's the danger of trying to go up with him is you better get yeah. it up up because if you make a mistake, it's gone. The Chapman, like, if you want to call it a mistake, I guess you can because like it got a little bit of the plate, but like that's not a bad pitch. The really the good whole pitch. idea behind that pitch. The whole idea behind that pitch is okay. Even if he swings and he's aggressive, if he hits it, it's a single. Yep. Right? right? Like, that's the idea behind that pitch. Not that he's going to rope at 109 exit velocity. <laughs> like, that's like, it's bullshit. Yeah. And I, I think this, like we said, the situation in that game, it was a 5 3 lead yeah. when he gives up that home run. You're not going to walk him and bring the tying run to no. the plate. You know, like, I, I totally agree with pitching him in that situation. Kyle, you know, Kyle Schwarber, that was his fourth career postseason leadoff home run most in history. Silly. So, yeah, I think the situation dictates what you do with him. Um, but there is going to be some point where somebody puts him on. You have to. Well, I think, I mean, later, yeah, game later one, in a game, he struck out three times. Yeah, later but, in a game. Yeah, I could see that. But early on in the game now, I mean, if he's, if he's, if he can't necessarily put you out, then I think you pitch to him. Yeah. And yeah. And are you, when you say put him on, Nick, are you talking like just throw up the four fingers or are you talking just like be careful and pitch around? Put it in his ear hole. I'm, I'm talking like, like Barry Bonds treatment almost. <laughs> but Barry Bonds, like, you would like put up four fingers and put him on base. Right. right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. At what that's point, what I was asking. Yeah, at what point do they start doing that? I don't think Because I agree, you can pitch point. around guys, but as he just showed, you can't really pitch around him either. Well, so. no. I mean, there's ways to do it, but yeah, right. No, and then that's what more I was curious I about the question. Like, is it – because I don't know if we ever get to that point. You know, I mean – The maybe... dude's 25 years old, and he's hitting like this. 25, yeah, maybe but... 26 now, but still. Right, I... but I think it, the hard part about even doing the pitching around him now is – he is protected with a really goddamn yeah. good lineup. And so, like, yeah. pick your poison. You know, the reason why it was okay to pitch around Barry Bonds, and this is nothing against, but like, he wasn't exactly on the murderer's row of San Francisco Giants. Some of those teams were really good, but some of those teams were not very good at all. 
You know, it's yeah. easy to make that decision to be like, well, we'll just go get the next guy. It's like, do you trust yeah. in, in in this scenario? I know we talked about it, but like, you don't pitch around Jordan to put the tying run at the plate. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So I, 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 I just mean, think you have yeah. to be careful when he's in a lineup like this. It's like, we don't really have much of a choice. We got to just maybe hope, yeah. hope that he ambushes when we throw him a really nice slider and doesn't hit it 111 over the right field fence. I think what's also really helping the Rangers right now is Kyle Tucker is in he's a awful. massive yeah. skid. He's swinging like that an poor idiot. Guy. He's swinging at some yeah. bad pitches too. And he's I've, batting gloves on, batting gloves off, one on, one well, off. And, like and he's not a, hit with his socks on his hand. He's not a guy you see slump very often. He's usually so consistent. So for him to be in a funk like this, it's weird. Yeah, it's uh, very weird. It's, it's it's weird to see for sure. But all right. We'll move on from that and kind of wrap up some other news here. Um, and from around the league, we got the whole locker room talk. So Kevin Gosman came out and said, you know, that whole thing with Arcia and Harper, like the attaboy Harper and all yeah. of that stuff. Kevin Gosman actually came out and said, whatever said in our clubhouse should stay in our clubhouse. It's not for other people outside of the clubhouse. My argument with that is if you have reporters in there, you know you have reporters in yeah. there, so don't say anything that would incriminate you. Like I have yeah. no I have no issues with reporters releasing that. They heard it. Don't say it within earshot. Like get the press out of there and then go nuts. Go crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my thing too. I'm I'm with you on that. Like I kind of agree with the whole like what's said in our locker room stays in our locker room, but that's kind of with the caveat that it's said there when it's only your locker room. Right. Like right. Once you open it up and you let the people in whose job it is to report what's said in the locker room, I mean, it's kind of the definition of what their job is. That's why they're there to report right. what goes on in the locker room. It's kind of hard for you to then turn around and be like, I can't believe they released that. It's like, well, I mean, you, you kind of said it when they were in there. I don't, like, right. I don't have much sympathy on that. So, no, yeah, and I, I mean, it, it came back to bite them. You know, I mean, you got to credit Philly too for taking advantage, using whatever they can for fuel, and they took advantage. But I don't, uh, I don't agree with Gosman on that in that sense, unless that wasn't the whole quote. But from that, if that's what the, the quote was, yeah, that's pretty much what he said. What, yeah, what's said in our locker room should stay in our locker room. It's not for other. Yeah, years. and I, and I get his point. However, the the issue with that is that these reporters have oh, so damn, much access man. to that clubhouse. Um, and, and maybe that's the, maybe that's the issue. Maybe you're going to see teams cut back some access to the clubhouse for the reporters after the game, because from the minute they get in there, there's reporters crawling that thing the whole time. <clears throat> so like these guys are saying, Hey, we want a chance to be able to like do our thing and talk as a group and that shouldn't be taken out. Well, if the media is in there the whole time, you kind of don't have that chance. So I, I think can't they though, does, isn't that how it works? Like after the game ends, doesn't the team have to open the doors for the reporters? Like when the, the reporters are the reporters aren't in there. No, but during the playoffs, the come in. during the playoffs, I believe the league has has them leaving the doors open. Because if you if you look at some of these, if you look at these interviews, these guys are they don't even out of their uniform yet, and they're being interviewed at their at their at their stall. Um, I I think if I think these baseball teams will be smart to say, hey, look, oh great, four nothing. Um, will be smart to say, hey, look, you know, we we need some time after the game. Let these guys like decompress and get it out of their system before you guys come in. So. You know, maybe, yeah. so, maybe there should be a bigger window of time where they can cool off before they open the door. So that I agree with. I always thought it was, 
you know, like the game ends, postseason, regular season, doesn't matter. I always thought the game ended, the players went in, right? And then, like, the team decided, like, okay, like, this is the media portion, like, we're going to open the locker room up. If that's not the case, if these players are coming in directly off the mm. field, especially with the way that that game ended, right? if these players are coming directly from the field, in the minute they step foot in there, the reporters are already, like, milling around ready to ask questions, then I think that's kind of bullshit. I'm not necessarily agreeing that what's in there stays in there because, like, yeah. at that point, the reporters are there. You yeah. just have know, to know, know your audience. But I, I do think it's a little bit more understandable than of why they're pissed. Because yeah. if – I mean, if, if his initial reaction is, like, way to go, Harper, like, what an idiot. Like, that's probably – that was my initial reaction. Right. Like, what is he doing when we were – like, what is right. going on? Right. Right? Like, if that's Arcia's yeah. initial reaction, and he's, like, trying to talk it through with his teammates being like, wow, I can't believe he did that. That was such a dumb play. And the reporter standing right there, I kind of get it. So I, I think it would be helpful to know kind of exactly how the timeline of it works because – to me, no sympathy whatsoever if they willingly were like, okay, we're going to let in reporters. And then he said it. It's like, well, it's your own fault. But if right. it's kind of like happening all at once, <clears throat> I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle there. Yeah, my, my understanding is during the regular season, the teams have control to media access. My understanding is yeah. in the postseason, they're required to allow so much access. Gotcha. Um, so I, I'd be curious how much control they really have over when those doors are open and closed, but... Right. I mean, wouldn't surprise me if the reporters just follow him right from the field down the tunnel. And <laughs> They're probably the in the tunnel right waiting for him and follow him in. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I just thought it was worth bringing up and seeing your reaction on it, but uh, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, you have to know there's reporters in there listening to everything you yeah. guys are saying at that point. So yeah, at that point. Yes. Yeah. All right. So news came out earlier this week that, MLB was pushing for baseball to be back in the Olympics. And we just got word today that it is official. So baseball will be back in the Olympics in 2028. So baseball will be back. What that looks like, I don't know. Like, is it going to be college players? Are they going to allow MLB players to go? I don't know what that looks like. And I don't think they've released that. I could be wrong. I didn't read that much into it, to be completely honest. I just know that baseball is officially back in the Olympics in 2028, um, which is pretty cool. So more more exposure for young players, for hopefully veteran players that want to go play for their country. I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see, you know, probably what we see now kind of in the Winter Olympics when it comes to hockey. You know, I mean, every so year, every so so often – you know, cycles of the Olympics, you have the NHL stepping in being like, we don't want to send our players. We can't afford to our players to get hurt. The owners are talking about, we, you know, we pay so much money. We got to get, you know, and I'm sure baseball will be the same way. I'd love to see major league baseball players go over there and play, Mm -hmm. you know, like we did, like we saw with the WBC, right? I mean, how good of a tournament that was because of the involvement of the best players. It was an awesome tournament. Yeah, I was going to add to that. That's probably a good reason why MLB was pushing for it because of the exposure that the WBC brought this year. Right. They they want that exposure internationally. You know, and and why not? I mean, these Japanese players that are coming over now, and like there's guys from Australia that are in the minor league system. Like baseball's really starting to to grow globally. And this is only going to help. This is only going to help MLB in the future. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's all about growing the game. That's it. And I, you know, I think you're obviously you'd have to get the owners on board. 
right? You got to get the owners on board. I mean, you look at right. You look at what happened with Altuve. I mean, Altuve got hurt, and it cost him the beginning of a season. I mean, Edwin Diaz certainly. I mean, the whole Mets season, you know, was kind of derailed at that point. I mean, they just were on their heels from that moment. Not that that's the reason they played so poorly all year, but you know, you start a season like that with the with the expectations you have, and you're kind of on the back foot already. You know, so owners are going to have to be fully on board for something like that to happen. Um, yeah. But I'd love to see it, man. I mean, we talked about it in March. How much better Team USA would have been if, like, a single USA pitcher decided to play? <laughs> I mean, you Merrill Kelly was your ace. Yeah, they did what they did with, like, a very deficient pitching, like, roster. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, found out today that the San Francisco Giants – have interviewed Alyssa Nakin for the for the possibly a managerial candidate. So it's the first woman candidate, official candidate, um, to possibly be a major league manager here. Um, don't don't know when we'll hear if she got the job or not, but uh, I mean it's growing. Like it's the last few years, we've had reports of you know women coming up and being coaches, being bench coaches. Uh, coaching minor league teams. Um, so this is just another step in that direction. So I thought, you know, good for the Giants. They have a vacancy. She's been on the bench um, for that team, been a coach, and officially um, applied to be the manager there. What, so. what a pick by Dude, Christian Walker. What a Holy cow. By yeah. Walker. Wow. Put some, put some jimmies on that scoop. Wow. That is an He's absolute so saver right there. That. That would have that was going to be probably two runs if he misses Huge. that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So baseball's heading in that direction. Where I think we're going to see more of a female presence um, in the in the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the dugout. Um, we've already seen it, but you know, behind the scenes in the front office. We're going to get to that in a second. Yeah, we we did um, not anymore. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, thoughts on that? Which no, one, the manager? Cool. Yeah, the manager candidate. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think it's it's got to be tough to be her in the position. You know, I, I, I wish her all the luck. Like, I, I would love to see a story like that follow through and kind of go through and to see her do well. I think it's got to be tough to be the first one, right? Because the first one through the wall is always bloody, and I, I, <laughs> I and it's unfortunate, but. There's going to be just incredible scrutiny yeah. on whoever the first one is, whether it's her or somebody else or, or whenever it happens, which is unfortunate, um, but it, it's 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 the way of the world. Um, I'd love to see her get it because I'll tell you, I don't think the Giants are that bad. Like, I think the no, Giants no. are a pretty good baseball team. Mm-hmm. I think they're a couple pieces away, but, like, you get the right pieces – like yep. you could be looking, I, I would love to see her get it with this team because you could be looking at the first ever female manager in major league baseball who has a team that's pretty, pretty good, you know, and like knocking on like 85, 90 wins. And you're like, this is pretty sweet. Especially when they get Shohei. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, listen, I'd love to see it. I hope it happens soon. Uh, if it's not her in San Francisco, um, because I think it'd be cool. And, and like you said, Nick, I mean, we're starting to see – we're seeing it creep up a little bit in the minor leagues, right, with bench coaches, yeah. with minor league managers, lower level. Um, you know, so it's starting to make its way into the game, which I think is great. So, Yeah. 
And I mean, if you're her, you're sitting there and you're like, Aaron Boone has a job. Why can't I get one? You know, I I mean, she can't be the worst manager in baseball. There's no way. There's no way. But yeah, I'm all for it. I I wish her the best of luck too, but um, it'll be interesting to see, which I think it all depends on which way the Giants want to go with it. Yeah. Now, to be honest. Now, at risk of being canceled, I'm I'm just going to make this statement. It is at the minor league level, it's one thing. These are younger players, less experienced. Um, they're just looking for the person that's going to help them get to the next level. When you get to the major league level, I think a female manager is going to have a tough time having never been there themselves, really talking to these guys. Really, you know, a female manager who's never played the game is going to go up to Trey Turner or Kyle Schwarber or Bryce Harper and say, What? Like, that's well, I think that's, that's the thing I worry that, about is like, what's the reception like? Because in reality, these guys are going to be like, what are what are you going to teach me about the game when you never played it? Well, I think that's the idea, right? And I I get it, but there have been managers that have never played major league baseball. Sure, you know, like I think that's where you just need, like, especially at the very beginning, until until whoever it is, whether it's you know, until she gets her feet under her, to where it's like, okay, like I have a track record, I've proven yeah. that I can win, you know, you can talk to former players. They know what I'm about every day in the locker room, like that kind of thing. Like until you get your feet under you, you know, you really have to rely on, on a good staff, a good bench coach, a good pitching coach, you know, a a veteran bullpen coach, like things like that, where it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'm now talking to Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber about what my philosophy is and what my D my ideas are for a, the course of 162 game season. This is what I want to see this team kind of, look like towards the end but then when it comes to dealing with the day-to-day pressures of playing that's a conversation the bench coach would have you know that's a conversation which i know it's not ideal but it's kind of the hand that that you've been dealt you know rather than try to force a conversation like that you know and then everyone goes well she's just in it so she can get you know likes and so that people can talk about it like no no no, she's in this for real she wants to win championships so she's going to surround herself with a coaching staff that's going to put her in the best position to do it I don't know. I, I, it just, you know, I, it would be hard with what you're saying. I agree because it's like, it would be like me. I mean, it'd be like me getting a manager job. I mean, listen, I love little big league, but it's not the most realistic of moves, <laughs> right? Like, right. Like if I was to walk in there and be like, this is what we want to do. Bryce Harper would be like, go sit on it and rotate. Like, who, who do you think you're talking <laughs> right. to? Like, that's not yeah, how this yeah, works. Yeah. Right. Who are you, right? by but the like, way? Right. So you would have to rely on, like, okay, like, I'm going to go get Alex Cora as my bench coach. You know, like, right. you, you just, you kind of have to put yourself in a position to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I look, at, I look at a guy like Ron Washington. Yeah. One of the most respected baseball men there is. Couldn't be a yeah. manager. Couldn't do it. Yeah. He couldn't do it. Like, it's, this is... I mean, Brian Snicker, well, he was a minor league manager forever before he got a shot in the major leagues. And he, he even played minor league baseball. I mean, the guy got drafted and played in the minors. Most of these guys, you know, played at some level, whether it was minors or sure. or majors. It's it's just I, I worry what the reception is going to be when somebody walks in the clubhouse and they're now in charge of a major league baseball organization and they've never seen a pitch in the minors. It's going to yeah. be it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's I think it also comes down to her first mistake. Yes. When, when she does, you know, not go get a pitcher in the eighth inning or, you know, makes a, a you know, a call like she's going to have to be strong enough to stand there 
and answer it herself in the press conference too, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying she's not capable of, but it's all factors that definitely lead into that decision. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's cool. Even if she doesn't get it, like she interviewed for it, like she has to be a qualified candidate yep. if the giants even called her for an interview. So yeah, that's kind of my, I mean, I'm all for, it should be, it's open and the best person wins. I just, I just, I, I'm, to Sean's point, the first person that does this always gets bloodied. It's, it's, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a limb to go out on to be the first female manager in baseball and, and how that reception is and, and what the, what the reaction is from the players and just how well it goes. You know, at what point are 30 yeah. something year old millionaires going to be like, I am not listening to you. Like, I don't care who you think. Well, you I, well, I also think it has to come down to the clubhouse too, before right. she enters. True. You know, like, I, I think it's up to the front office to be like, Hey, like, we're thinking about going down this road. How do you guys feel as a locker room doing this? You know, like I, I think, cause that could be very polarizing. If the, like you said, if the players aren't in and they can't buy into their manager. Right. And, and this goes for any manager, any yeah. sex, it doesn't matter. No, it's true. It's like true. if they pull in it, they pull in a guy, they pull in Bobby Valentine again. <laughs> all those players are going to be like, Nope, yeah, no pass. Thanks. You know what well, I mean? Like yeah. you need to have your guys on board with whoever is sitting in that coaching chair. Right. And I, I think it's, it's important. And I mean, we're getting way kind of on a tangent here, but I think it would That's be important fine. for the players to not only be on board with like, yeah, like if she can help us win, you know, if she can take us to the next level and give us a chance to like compete in the postseason, then yes, I'm in. But it also has to go the other way as well to be like, Hey, like I have to be able to feel comfortable that I can speak out Right. If I disagree, now I'm not saying go air your dirty laundry in the media. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, I mean, we see it all the time. We see players are unhappy where they are. They don't get along with the manager. They don't, what they say is they don't get along in the clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. Like you have to be able to still be comfortable without being like, well, I'm going to be labeled as a misogynist. If I say, I don't like the way that she manages. Right. Like there has to be also some level of like, well, it does go the other way too. Right. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. So. I would like to think that I would, I would like to think that I'd be like, yeah, like if, if she can help me win, right. then let's do it. Like what? I mean, yep. it doesn't gender doesn't matter in that case, you no, know, like no, if, absolutely not. if she's smart enough and she's going to make the right decisions and we're going to have a roster good enough and we're going to be able to compete over the course of 162, then like, yeah, let's do it. God, could you, could you imagine being the only woman in a room with 26 other guys? Listen no. to listen to all the stupid no. stuff we talk about, all the ridiculous things no. we say. Like she'll hate men by the time that managerial stint is over. No. Yeah, dude. It was kind of yeah. like 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 a month ago. <laughs> Sarah dragged me up to New to Maine. I she had to like go to some baby shower mm. and I went up, you know, with her. And I was like supposed to play golf with the husband, like the dad, but like it turned out we couldn't play golf because it was like terrible weather. So she dragged me to this baby shower. So it was just like me and like a sea of estrogen. That's yeah. how I felt. It was awful. Yeah. I'd never again. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. So staying on kind of like the women in baseball topic here, Kim Ng from the Marlins, the GM, former GM mm-hmm. from the Marlins, um, walked away today. Um, I've read reports that she chose to Because she was passed up, was more qualified to get than who they went with. Um, she didn't like the direction of the organization, um, so that's why she chose to walk away. Th- that's the reports that I saw and I read, um, which now makes Kim Ng available 
for possibly the Boston Red Sox, John? Question mark? Yeah. I mean, I'll let me say this. Let me say this because it was a big. Um, it was kind of it, it. It made a big deal in the media, like oh, like she felt like she was passed up. You know, almost like with an implication that like she was passed up because she was a woman. And it's like that happens at every team every year. Right. Like people in baseball feel like they're qualified for bigger jobs and they don't get them. Right. So, for the record. I'm not in the building. I don't I don't know if you guys know this. I don't work for the Marlins. So I don't know how it played out. But I would be willing to bet that her not getting the job she went for had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman and just they wanted to go into a different direction with that position. I will say this. I would love to see her in the mix for the Boston job. I, yeah. I would. For the years that she's been there, what, since 2020? Was that right? Yeah, End of yeah, 2019 so, yeah. or yeah, beginning of 2020? End of her third year, yep. <clears throat> I think she has done a nice job of recognizing positions of strength for them, identifying positions of weakness, making trades to kind of fill those holes. I mean, obviously, the a rise in Pablo Lopez one jumped right off the bat, right? Josh Position Bell of strength. And Josh Bell and Jake Berger at the deadline. Yep. Yep, that's what I was getting to those ones too. I mean, I, I think she has proven there is most definitely a proven kind of track record that, you know, we're not afraid to go make moves when we need to strengthen a roster. You know, free agency stuff is only, I mean, you can only spend so much money. Like, if your owner doesn't have the money for you to spend, like, it's hard to get, in my opinion, like, it's hard to get totally raked over the coals on free agency moves because it's like, you know, when you have one hand tied behind your back, like, like, what are you supposed to do? So I look at almost trades more, more than free agency wise. Um, I'd love to see her in the mix, man. I really would. Yep. Yeah. So the, the report I read is the Marlins exercised their, their option on her. She yeah. sat down with ownership. So they haven't even hired anybody yet. They just, they just told her we want to hire a president of baseball operations and rework the front office. And she just said, Nope, it declined okay. her option. That's and right. that was it. Yeah. Um, and it, it came down to because she she felt like the job should have been hers, given her track record. I mean, fair argument. She's had a, it's been a good track record there. But president of baseball operations and general manager are different roles. They're not the same thing. It, it, just because you're a right. good GM doesn't make you a good president of baseball ops. Um, they are very they are very different roles. So, um, yeah. it's too bad because she did a lot of good things there. They wanna they wanna beef up that department. She doesn't <clears throat> she doesn't want to work for somebody else. She doesn't want to work under somebody else. So she's available. The Red Sox have been able to attract nobody in terms of GM candidates to this point because nobody wants the job for all the reasons we talked about last week on the show, which is ownership flip-flopping and firing Heim for doing what they asked him to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so wh why somebody who doesn't want oversight like her would ever want to come to Boston? I, I, I don't see that happening. I think in her mind, this, this job would be hell. Um, but who knows, maybe she'll surprise us, but this yeah. ownership group is going to be a problem. They're going to end up having to either, either throw an insane deal at somebody to get them to come here, or they're going to have to go hire a second tier GM and hope that it works out because this ownership group, Heim Bloom's a fourth GM in 12 years, uh, or I should say four, you know, fourth person running the organization in 12 years, they've had different titles. They, uh, there's not a lot of interest in the marketplace and, and apparently the Red Sox have been flat out declined by many of their top mm -hmm. choices. Yeah. That's yeah, a not a good spot to be. Yeah, that's another, not, I was gonna say that's another whole topic for a different day. That's yeah. yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. And and get him. 
thank you. Oh, wow. God, this is brutal. All right. Yeah. Um, that's all I had for this week. Do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. I got a, I got a question for you guys and I, this may turn into a debate. Maybe it won't. All right. Bring it. And I mentioned it last week, bringing it up and I didn't, but I, I, I feel like it's worth asking. So this whole Trevor Bauer situation. So Trevor Bauer was his, all the lawsuits have been dropped. All the information's come out. And basically he was targeted by somebody who's looking to make money off of him. So the whole thing was a sham. He never yeah. hurt anybody. He never choked anybody, never punched anybody. None of that ever happened. He was targeted and it was effectively a cash well, grab. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that it's all out there, does somebody in MLB take a chance on him? Because he actually looked decent overseas last year. Does do, do we see Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball again? Or is there enough so. stink from that bad story that he can't come back? No, I, I don't think we do. And and I, I don't I don't even know if it has much to do with the stink from the bad story as it is the him? reputation that he has made about himself that people are conveniently placing on that story. Yeah. I I think before that story came out, I think there was a ton of people throughout Major League Baseball that were already sick and tired and hated him. Yes. We're already we're tired of him. We're tired of him on social media. We're tired of the videos. We're tired of him like trying to do this like, you know, turtle boy conspiracy <clears throat> break on on the front office of baseball. Like we're just we're tired of that. Yep. And then the story comes out, and then almost everyone was just like, oh, this is perfect timing. Because yeah, it's like, so now yeah. we can just ostracize him from baseball. Yeah. I don't think we ever see him again because – and I do feel bad for him because it's a horrible position to be in. Got hosed. Right? Like, you're, you're, you're sitting there, and you're, you're, you have the knowledge that you didn't do anything wrong. And you have the knowledge that, like, this was a setup. But you can't say anything because you don't have the proof slash – I mean, it's all above my head, but he sat there for two years and he couldn't defend himself. Like that has got to be the worst position to be in at all. It's like, I feel bad for him, but I guess it's my long answer to say, I don't think we see him in major league baseball again. Fair. Yeah. I I think I'm, I'm with you. So I don't really have anything to add. Yeah. I think you hit, hit it right on the head. Yeah. I mean, I think that he was already, he was not a well-liked guy. I mean, the guy won, the guy absolutely pitched well every fifth day and, and you know did his thing but i think he had very much made himself a a character that mlb didn't like so i don't i wouldn't be shocked he's not back i just it's interesting because i feel like the door is now open a little bit and you'll see if it really was mlb that doesn't want him or if people just don't want the sideshow i i think it's a combo of everything yeah it's 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 his mouth it's his reputation because he showed he showed he can still pitch right but, a little uh, bit. I mean, he, a little bit. He was I mean, okay. He was. He was. He had a couple of rough outings and a bunch of good ones. I mean, he was. Yeah. But he obviously, he'd had a over a year off. But well, I, I was think, just right. I was just going to say he hadn't thrown in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think you. I think you give Trevor Bauer a, a full off season and a full spring training. He's probably ninety percent of what he used to be. Yeah. That's fair. But he's also in his mid thirties now. He he lost two real prime years. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we head out and watch the Diamondbacks get shellac some more? I think that's it for tonight. No, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for chiming in. Please like, subscribe. You can share our podcast. Um, interact with our reels. You can share our reels, like our reels. 
um, interact with our posts. We put them, we put a few out daily. Um, so keep interacting with those. And again, like I said, thanks for the support it means so much. Um, three guys that just love coming on and talking baseball every week. It's, it's really cool to have some people that, you know, come on and listen and interact with us. So um, mm -hmm. keep it up and thank you very much and go Rangers and go D backs. Go Rangers is right. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Later boys.